This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 490 of the Dressage Radio Show, the official podcast of the USDF on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Total Saddle Fit. Tonight, we're talking to a couple of our regulars. Hillary Moore Hebert comes on to discuss her journey to getting her USDF gold medal. Jack Ballou comes on to give us some great riding tips and positional tips and tips in the walk. from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Well, hey, Phil. Hi, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and Glenn is here as well. Glenn, welcome. Hi, guys. I haven't talked to you in a while, and I'm so excited because Radiothon's coming up in a couple of weeks. I can't believe it. Whew. It sounds like you've kind of recovered from, from WEG. We didn't, we didn't talk to you. Because, yeah, I needed yeah, some. for a while. We talked from WEG. <laughs> for a while, like a month. But yeah, we, I'm so excited. Reese is going to be there. Philip, we fired. He's not coming to Radiothon. <laughs> no, we didn't. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Do Don't start a rumor. <laughs> Just Philip is was, not able to join us. There was too much bad us. language in last year's show that, that <laughs> he, decided I he, he wasn't able to join us for Radiothon. No, Phil's not able to join us, but... We're very excited. Olivia Lagoy Welts is going to be my co-host for the radio show. She's been a great supporter of the radio show, and we're super excited. I'm super excited to have her with me for the for the hour. And uh, Glenn, what time is the dressage hour on the radio? All right, so this is the details. So Radiothon yeah. is November the 26th, and it's important for you all to pay attention to that right now because you. It is the time right now, up until the 19th, for you to enter to win the prizes that are available. Uh, and we're talking some serious prizes. We have over $4,000 worth of stuff. We have uh, the grand prizes alone. One of the grand prizes is your choice of any Wintech saddle, including the Isabel Dressage saddle. Now, that's a, that's a $1,300 value, and you can win that just by entering for Radiothon. I mean, the other grand prize is $500 worth of weather beat of stuff, including a winter blanket, a sheet, saddle pads, uh, polos, all kinds of stuff from Weatherbeta. So, I mean, the, the blanket alone is worth over $300 that they're giving away, and it wait, sounds wait, like Reese could uh, use it. <laughs> can, I win this, can I win the saddle? Um, can we come on? <laughs> no, you guys can't win, I'm sorry to say. Oh, but oh. if you have friends... <laughs> oh. I don't have any friends. Reese is my only friend. Just I know. Phil's my only friend. Does Travis Stanfield count? <laughs> but you have a yeah. sister. Uh, I do have a yeah, Oh, yeah. Phil, yeah. you have a wife. Well, yeah. maybe we're yeah. <laughs> But then we, we're also giving away a ton of other products all day long, including a total saddle fit girth. We're giving away $50 gift certificates from Horse Lovers and State Line Tack all day long, every hour. Uh, we have K- Kentucky Performance Products is giving away a $225 package on your hour, um, on the dressage hour, which is at 11 o'clock. It just o'clock. keeps getting bigger and bigger every it year. Does. Okay, it does. Okay, it's so cool. <laughs> so 11 o'clock, 11 right? o'clock is when uh, dressage hour, right after horses in the mornings, two hours, then it's you guys come in. And I know you're working on some big name guests and some fun we stuff are, there. We are, we are. Well, we have Olivia. I mean, basically, she can do the whole. She can do the whole hour. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Great. <laughs> we already have a big name co-host since Phil's leaving me. Yeah, that's right. That <laughs> Phil's just leaving. Right. We don't start rumors. Phil just can't come and to the radio. And you guys are big names yeah, just, too. I, I'm vacationing that week, so right, yeah. right. He's leaving me, which is kind of normal. Like if you think about it, over the years, it's, it was last year I was on, yeah. but. Uh, it's sort of the right time for me to to travel. So but. yeah, you always yeah. go away right after our Thanksgiving, which is when Radiothon is. It's, it's when right. you always go away. Exactly. That's but, Canadians. All right, oh, yeah. so this is November the twenty sixth from nine a.m. to nine p.m. It's twelve hours straight. If you haven't listened before, you can listen on the Horse Radio Network app where the little live button is. You can listen there. You can go to horseradionetwork.com dot com and listen there. Uh, there's a number of different places you can listen. But you can enter to win the prizes by going to HolidayRadiothon.com, and you'll see there's a button up there that says Enter to Win, and it tells you how you can enter. You can, you can submit a voice.
voicemail to us, and it, there are all the explanations on there. Or you can call in that day, and you're automatically entered into the prize drawings every hour. So there's a number of different ways to win. They're all listed on there. We get about 100 voicemails from, from listeners every year, and we play them all day long. It's a lot of fun. Our theme this year is if your horse could talk, what would his or her New Year's resolution be for 2019? So you can answer that question. You can just call in and say that you love Reese and Philip, uh, and that uh, you know you want to hear more of them or less of them. Either one will put you on. <laughs> so more, more of Phil, less of Reese. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah right. no, wait, like that. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, Glenn, we appreciate all the hard work that yeah, goes into this. Oh, it is a ton of work. <laughs> work. It's twelve hours with twenty hosts and almost thirty guests and a hundred voicemails. Days. So yeah. it's a big day. Forgot. We're just on for an hour from 11 to 12 so olivia and i will be on but glenn is an all all day 12 hours it's unbelievable i don't know how you do it i don't think there's enough coffee in my in my curate <laughs> box to to make yeah. me get through wendy and i do today. have a long day we're on all 12 hours and it's a long it's day amazing. you know who gets it's even amazing. a longer day though is the producers who have to sit there and answer uh 50 calls an hour you know they're <laughs> that's true <laughs> that is true yeah. yeah we have the easiest job we just show up for an hour it's amazing <laughs> hour and 10 minutes and then we're done so it's really good but we're really Really looking forward to it. So again, everybody, mark your calendars and uh, holidayradiothon.com. Holidayradiothon.com. I love it. Well, Phil, we have some other news. Actually, USDF um, released some new changes to the pyramid of training. So I thought I would just go through them real quickly uh, because there's two main changes. The first change, and it gets a little wordy, so hang with me. The first change was to the relaxation. It was with elasticity and suppleness and it was changed to suppleness with elasticity and freedom from anxiety and then going up the scale yep there we go nobody wants to see an anxious horse nope (laughs) connection yeah super relaxation this is number two this is the second change connection it was acceptance of the bit through the acceptance of the aids and that was changed to contact connection and acceptance of the bit through the acceptance of the aids so they they change it contact yeah right right. i I can see that a little bit because you do you do want to see the horse in contact connected to the bit you know right because otherwise it gets misconstrued and having kind of loose hanging reins and that's Right. And, and yeah. actually, the German scale is contact. It's always been contact. So yeah. uh, they've kind of changed it back a little bit more to the original form. Uh, so that was that was interesting. But um, little yeah, tweaks. so yeah. little tweaks to the scale of training. And, and running better understanding of, of the definition of terms, I think. Yeah, um, exactly. So we love it. Good. So that was some news. And uh, so, Phil, it's actually, it's Thursday evening, we're recording, and uh, the U.S. dressage finals are going on right now here in Lexington, <laughs> about 10 minutes from my house. So it's actually a madhouse around here. I've, I've had horses yeah, in and out and crazy. up and down and all around, um, but uh, really, really a fun week. We have a good friend in from California and two riders in from Cleveland, and it is just, it's a bit of a madhouse at my house, but uh, it's a lot of fun. So everybody kind of keep keep glued. We'll, we'll bring in a few of the, the award winners uh, on our next couple shows and hear about their journeys to the horse park and what it was like to ride at the U.S. Finals. So um, that, yeah, it's looking been forward to that. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. It's already been fun. Well, Phil, we, we're going to get going with our first uh, guest. I think everyone knows her and, and enjoys her from the book club. Jacques Ballou is on the program, and I uh, hope you enjoy her interview. Well, tonight we are so excited to have author and friend of the show, Jacques Ballou. She is the author of 101 Dressage Exercises and our book club author from a few months ago of 55 Corrective Exercises for Horses. Jacques, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. It's good to be back with you. We love having you. And you were awesome. You you actually, we, we love it when people um, send us emails and, and want to chat. And you you emailed us and said, hey, we really need to have a conversation, which we love, about productive uses of walk, walk warm-up, walk if you're rehabbing, just generally. And, and Phil and I were like, yes, come, please come on the show again. So we're happy to have you. Thanks. Um it's an important topic, and, and I'm glad it's come up uh, with both you and Philip a few times. I always hear you tout the benefits of it, and um, and I certainly agree. 
but I understand why a lot of amateur riders either get bored stiff um, at the walk or just think it kind of doesn't count. Like it's, you know, they just gloss over it. And um, once you give them some productive things to do with the walk and ways to spend that time, I, I feel like, um, you know, they just get so much more value out of it. And the, and the horses, yeah, benefit a lot too from it. I see it, you know, every day. And, and um, like you said, you know, it's sort of, it can be a really good productive time if you know what to do, you know, instead of just sort of kind of wandering around. We're not talking about that kind of thing for 20 minutes. I mean, you got to, you got to be doing some things that, that can help the horse, like we said, warm up or just kind of, uh, you know, you have some rehab issues sometimes, or just to help improve the horse's um, way of going. You know, you can you can really use the walk to to help with this, and you're not expending all the energy that you might do in trot or canter. Exactly, and one of the inter- interesting studies I read a couple of years ago indicated that uh, for the horses, postural or core muscles uh, that tend to lose fitness either during a an injury and rehab period or in, in places that have a hardcore winter weather and they, the horse gets laid up for the winter, you know, they lose that muscling quite quickly, but it, it doesn't take much to keep those postural muscles tuned up. If you spend 20 to 25 minutes a day recruiting those muscles, they, they maintain about 70% of their fitness and you can do that at the walk. So, you know, that's, pretty compelling you know if you're somewhere that you can only walk or you're rehabbing you can maintain you know just like with humans a good amount of the uh, postural tone you know and and walking isn't for cardio workout you're not going to get your horse huffing and puffing that's not the point um but i would argue that it's the fitness in those postural muscles that's more important anyway than um cardiovascular fitness because that rebounds really quickly once the horse goes you know back into work in a rehab situation and also, I mean, just the benefits of walk, right? I mean, you're stretching the horse, you're getting the horse ready for work. Uh, so talk to us a little bit about that, like just as a general use of warm-up for this, for walk. Yeah, so I like to have in my mind the the figure of 20 to 25 minutes because I think that gives people a structure. And I, I sometimes I'll have people actually look at their watch because we're pretty bad judges of time otherwise. And I kind of treat it like circuit, um, like a circuit training. So like at the gym and, and I have, uh, students circulate through different simple exercises for about two minutes each. So, um, to your point, you know, we're making, we're delivering blood to the muscles and making them more pliable. And I always tell them that there's a lot, get creative with your geometry, maybe ride some figures you don't normally ride in your everyday schooling. So, Maybe that means you ride um, diamond shapes or squares instead of circles. Maybe you ride a wavy line around the perimeter of your arena, you know, just really shallow little serpentines all the way around the outer edge of your arena. Uh, Maybe you've got little Cavaletti patterns set up that you walk the horse over. And then uh, for both horse and rider, it's always good to remind people you should have a lot of different gears in the walk, right? You should have a working walk. You should be able to pick up the energy a little bit and have a a brisker walk. You should be able to stretch the horse all the way down with his neck in the walk. So you can spend easily several minutes changing, just changing the horse's frame from longer to shorter to longer to shorter. You know, that could be part of your circuit. And then let's say you'd spend a few minutes changing the length of their stride longer, shorter, longer, shorter. And then let's say you do two minutes of turns on forehands and turns on haunches. So you see, you start to be really creative with how you put these routines together and you don't have to, then you don't do the same thing every day, which is what makes people kind of bored. They're just sitting up there, you know, plopping around the arena at a walk going, God, when is this over? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think it's important to kind of make a plan maybe early in the week and say, okay, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm going to do this. And then t- uh, Tuesday, Thursday, I'm going to do, you know, this, you know, whatever you want. Right. And you say um, you plan things, you know, in advance. And then, of course, you're uh, sort of excited to, OK, it's Wednesday. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to work on this. And you really have 
an idea of how you're going to train your horse um, day to day and you're going to follow your plan and you follow some structure. I think it's when things aren't very structured and you know you, you get on the horse and you don't really have an idea of what you're doing for the day that that's when it gets a little a little boring or, or disorganized or you know uh, any number of things that, that you're not really following a, a training plan. I think in, in, in humans and in people they have like this you get yourself a, a a trainer or whatever, or you know you watch videos and you have an idea of what you're going to do, right? Like Tuesday is yeah. is arm day, Wednesday is back day, but you know people rarely are taking that idea of fitness towards the horse. It's sort of like you said, kind of do the same thing every day. So I think we need to have a, a little bit better plan, um, so the horse is not, you know, bored. You know, up in Canada, we 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 have to be indoors for most of the winter we're starting you know we're moving in right now in november and we won't get back outside for a while unless we want to you know have a hack day or ride in the snow okay um but but then it's really important for for me to organize uh what we're training you know each horse has a little bit different plan and but uh i really like to have an idea of what we're doing so um i know in your books jack that that's you know these are ways to organize things, but I think it kind of kind of write them out, you know, or get a calendar out and say this is, you know, what day I'm doing this or that or the other thing. What do you think about that? I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. And, and um, that's a great way to approach what we're talking about with the walk because you could say, you know, look at your week and say, okay, on Monday, I'm going to spend my 20 minutes of walk um, polishing up all the different ways I can you know, turn the horse. I'm going to make square corners. I'm going to make circles. I'm going to make turns on forehand and turns on haunches. And, you know, I'm going to really refine my turning just as an example, you know, and then, okay, so Tuesday I'm going to play around with changing speeds in the walk and changing frames. Like I'm going to make adjustability, my, my theme for Tuesday and so on. Like you're saying, just having a little, I mean, you don't have to be rigid, but having a little bit of a plan about it helps you start not only getting more creative, but spending that time in a really valuable way. And um, the horses have spent a good amount of time walking. I feel like, I feel like their back muscles are, are softer um, and more supple. You know, I feel like their, their joints are able to go through a full range of motion before we start, you know, working them through their other routines. It, I just feel like their bodies visibly benefit from it. And what about lateral work? I mean, how how does that play into it? So like lateral I, shoulder you know, in, half a, pass. Yeah, I think it's a little horse dependent. I mean, when I rode in Portugal, we did a ton of lateral work in the walk before we did anything else. A ton, um, and the the studies that I've read to date seem to indicate that a horse needs to walk for at least twelve minutes to get the synovial fluids really lubricating the joints. And then after that point, it's a little bit better idea to start your lateral work. <clears throat> so maybe not in the first five minutes that you're on. Um that's usually what I tell people is, you know, just walk on simple lines for the first twelve minutes and then certainly you can add in some lateral work. Um, you know, if that works for your horse. You know, if your horse is the type that maybe gets a little bulky or, or, you know, stuck in lateral work, then maybe save that for when you're in a more active mode of your session. Yeah. I think that, I think that's a good way to say that. Yeah. Yeah, What I do with, with those kinds of horses is, yeah, you know, like you said, do long reins, simple line, and then you can pick them up and it's no problem, you know, unless you're rehabbing, unless you have a reason not to, it's no problem to try. Like I get the horse, like if he, if I ask him for a little leg yield and he gets behind my leg, then I trot a little bit. But then I return to the walk to make sure the walk leg yield is good. You know, why would I go forward and start trot leg yielding and canter shoulder in if I have no idea how it's going to work in the walk? I think that's a, that's yeah. the kind of thing. Like people are excited to, you know, trot trot lateral work is pretty fun, right? Because you know you can really adjust the horse and get them going forward and sideways and all that stuff. But if it doesn't really work in the walk. It's not going to work in the trot and canter. So I think that's, that's right. something that we forget about. Like, don't do it at speed when when the rider is not maybe quick enough to make the the adjustments that you need to. Um, you know, yes. moving along in trot and canter. You know, make it simple. Make it the horse really understand what you want really well and walk before you start. Because I see people all the time. Like, you know, they're trotting along. Okay, the warm up is sort of done. They're they're okay. And now I'm going to come up the cord line. I'm going to make a simple leg yield towards the wall. 
horse doesn't react to the leg. Okay, I'm going to do it again. Horse doesn't, you know, react in a good forward sideways away from the leg. And then I'm going to just get to do it again. Like, it's just repetition in trot and canter isn't going to help you out too much, really. No, you know? not if it's done well. Even if you're, you know, halfway down your ride, return to the walk. Make the things good in the walk. You can refresh the horse. You can, uh, you make, you can make better reactions and have better timing if, if you're spending a little bit more time in the walk, especially if it, you're introducing new ideas to the horse and, and no, to the rider. I, that's, that's a really good point. Cause a lot of times with the, um, example you just gave, I think we're sort of training that braciness into the horse and the rider where the, the example where you just come around and I'll try again, I'll try again. I'll try again. And right. I think we're, just, we're strengthening that response of, you know, get rigid rather than yield over. And to your point, I think you, you, do achieve better responsiveness uh, a lot of times in the walk. And, and then the rider experiences that feeling of being lighter and softer with their aid instead of just adding more pressure and muscle and, you know, yeah. tension. <laughs> yeah, but and, I would and, rather... And as we know, yeah, wrong timing, I think it's, you know... Yeah. I think, for me, I would rather do it in the walk. You know, do it in the beginning. You know, after your 12 minutes of walk. and But then, you know, if it, especially mm-hmm. if we're talking an FEI horse. I want to be able to ride shoulder in both ways. I want to be able to ride haunches in both ways. I want to be able to ride half fast both ways. And I want to be able to ride a walk pirouette both ways. That's that's my personal take on that, on, on a schooled horse. Because if I can't do that, there's no point in carrying on, in my opinion. You know, you just need to be able to do those exercises. And again, you take it to whatever level your horse is. But if you're riding shoulder in, you should be able to do that. If you're doing second level, uh, you should be able to do it in the walk in the beginning uh, and get the response that you want before you add in the speed and the motion of the movement. So that that's that's my thing. Yeah, I agree. And the walk is recruiting those slow twitch fibers and the core muscles are slow twitch uh, muscles across the board. So to your point, if you execute those movements in walk first and you get them really good and dialed in, then you've got the horse in an exquisite balance and, you know, ready to go for the rest of your session. It's so valuable. You know, you don't spend any junk time trying to, you know, push in the trot or the canter to get those movements at which point the horse often starts recruiting other muscles to get the job done. Right. Instead of the, yeah. instead of the yeah. ones you want. Yeah. So the correct sure. ones, instead of the ones you want to be, you know, training. So absolutely really valuable. And, and all, yeah, you, yeah. you see uh, high level riders do it. Low level riders do it. I think it's, it's, we just sort of forget that we can achieve a lot of these movements in walk and get them really good, really train them really well and then move up. And if it's not working, return, try and figure it. It's a, it's a way of sort of mentally slowing down a little bit and trying to figure out, okay, is my horse not responding because my timing is bad or, you know, you know, what is it, you know, and sort of figure it out. And uh, I think we should all be spending a little bit more time in the walk it's, so that we're not stressing the horses out, especially horses that like to run and rush and, and all of this. You know, we don't want to be encouraging, um, you know, these negative behaviors because it just gets ingrained in the horse, like, like you were saying, Jack. Yeah, and I don't know if you both have experienced it, but, you know, I want to give a shout out to sometimes amateurs come to clinics to ride and they're so nervous or maybe they're on a young horse and they're, you know, a little afraid and we end up spending the whole lesson in the walk, which is fine. Um, yeah. but I, sometimes oh, they're, yeah. they're apologizing and they sort of think it doesn't count. You know, sometimes oh, they're like, yeah. Oh, you know, like they, they're not really riding. And I, and I always want to assure them like, no, this is schooling. This is valuable. And you can fill an entire schooling session, um, with all these exercises we can do we can stop and rein back we can change your speed we can change your frame we can play a little bit with you know leg yielding and different figures that we could fill a whole session this way it it counts it's real writing you know don't beat yourself up (laughs) no no i think that's a super point and the same thing when you're bringing a horse back you know it drives me crazy when people are bringing a horse back from an injury and they don't have them in a correct frame and they don't you know do some of these things Again, it, it's situational on some level, but, you know, there's a point where you need to think this is work and you can really make a horse sweat in the walk. You know, I can make mm-hmm. myself sweat mm-hmm. if I'm walking and I have weights and I'm maybe doing some lunges and I can make myself sweat in the walk. You know, you really, it does mm-hmm. count and you are on that horse and you are doing something. So I, I, I love that point because, you know, sometimes it's just saying 
there's certain things that I need to make sure I can check the box in the walk. And if I can't, there's no point in moving on because you need to work there. It's, it's very clearly that you need to work there. So I think that's a really valid yeah. point, a really good point. I love it. Well, yeah. Jacques, can, can, can you give us your website and how people can get in touch with you if they have some questions? I love your 101 exercise book. That's such a great book uh, and has some of these exercises in them. So uh, how can people find you online? Oh, great. Thanks. Yeah, they can go to my website, which is jackballoo.com. And there are, there's a blog on there that has a lot of um, articles and, and, you know, exercises kind of like we're talking about to give people some ideas if they need some for structuring their having a plan like we're talking about. I love it. And I love that 101 dressage exercises. And by the way, everybody, it's a really, really good Christmas book to give yeah. to anybody. We're, right. getting, we're getting into the season <laughs> to be getting giving into your that season. some gifts, your trainers, you know, um, we love reading material. So um, I think, yeah, that's, it would be a great one. Indeed. Thank you very much for having me. Always nice to talk to you both. Well, that was a really, really helpful interview from Jacques Ballou. And right after this commercial break from Kentucky Performance Products, we're going to come back with Hillary Moore-Hebert. Her life was falling apart around her. But when she saw his sweet face and heard the low knicker, the pain eased. She stood in the stall for some time running a brush over his sleek coat, down his powerful muscles and over his tight, cool tendons. He cocked his back leg, waiting patiently. She scratched his favorite spot and was rewarded with a crinkled smile and outstretched neck. The stress flowed from her body, and she knew with him in her life, she would make it through. This love story is brought to you by Endure Extra, Providing high-fat calories, direct-fed microbials, and natural vitamin E to support optimal condition and performance. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com well, we are so to excited order to today. Have Hillary Moore Hebert. We haven't had her on in forever, and she is now a USDF gold medalist. Hillary, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. How's well, everybody doing? Well, I feel very golden for you. I'm so proud of you. Congratulations. And ex- ignore my dog in the background. He also apparently is very excited. So <laughs> yeah, he wants I to be on the to show. Actually, yeah. I wanted to talk tonight about the process of getting my gold medal because I think there's a lot of sort of interesting things about it from both a sports psychology perspective, a warm-up perspective, a competition perspective. So I wanted to tell the story of what happened, um, because as you, your listeners may or may not know, I was down in Florida working in full training with my trainer, Shannon Duet, um, up until the 1st of April. And we had shown, I kind of did an I, a, a few I1s to kind of get used to the competing at Global and stuff like that. And then we moved up. I stayed an extra month to be able to do my first I2 with him. And things went really well. And then after, what is that, December, January, February, March, after four months of being in full training under supervision every day, I was, like, let loose. And then there I was, like, what I imagine it's like when people suddenly go from being young riders to professionals, where there I was with my Grand Prix horse that I had only shown I2, um, and then I was just up in Maryland. So it was a little bit of a bizarre transition because I knew what I was doing, but you just get in your own head. And so I sort of had in my brain that I was just like going to plateau myself because I just didn't believe that I could do it the way that if I had supervision. So I had Shannon up about once a month and then time went on and like months passed. And I thought to myself, here's a horse who, you know, I can do all the Grand Prix with. And yet here I am just sitting like a piece of chicken poop at my farm with like (laughs) no idea what to do, (laughs) being just totally like paralyzed. Right. And I don't have any idea why I just, I don't know. I think it was out of my comfort zone. And so I decided to go up um, because 
actually Reese was up at uh, Scott Hassler's and I had worked with him in the past. So I decided to go up and do two lessons with him. And um, it was really helpful because he sort of was like, okay, you're here. You like, if Shannon was telling you to do a Grand Prix, I'm telling you to do a Grand Prix. And then as Reese will tell you too, she's like, well, I'm going to this show at Blue Goose, it's just casual on a Wednesday, like you should come and do it. And everybody was telling me to go. And so I finally just was like, what is there to lose? I can just go and I know how to warm myself up. And so I just went out and did it. And I brought a groom with me. And it was sort of interesting, because I guess I've spent so much of my life wanting to have help with warm up. Um, that I never had really like taken the reins myself, even though I do it with my clients, I can walk them through it. I just didn't have the confidence to do it, but you know, I just did everything that I do at home. And then I went and did the test. Like I had been practicing at home and I knew I could do it like I did at home. And because I had the experience of doing shows Anyway, I knew how he would be at shows. So all I had to do was add the pieces that made the test the Grand Prix. So I was really just riding for the first time just the Grand Prix pieces, whereas all the rest I had shown several times. So I just kind of did it the way that I did the whole time and got my first score. And, um, you know, that was sort of the first time that, you know, I did everything. Yeah. So I figured I would pause tonight to talk about that because then getting my second score is a whole different story. Yeah, yeah go ahead. We, we both want to jump in here, Hillary. Yeah, so. we're, we're in. We want in. Tag me in, coach. Shall I go? Yeah. Yeah, go, Phil. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I was just, <laughs> I was just, you know, listening to your story and, you know, saying, you know, how interesting it is. But, I mean, I think for a lot of us, our goal is, you know, to ride the Grand Prix. And, and so you did a lot of things here to make that happen. You bought a new horse, you spent the winter training, but I think it was such a huge deal to actually go out and, and do it. It was mentally very taxing to say, well, you know, to sort of say to yourself, well, what if this doesn't work? I've done all these steps. I've spent all this money, right? Like, it's hard to actually get out there and say, okay, my goal is right there. Yeah. I have to do it Because then you now. can fail. Right. Yeah, then yeah, you, can, you fail, can fail. Right? Whereas you're riding the I-2, you're doing your Florida training, you're like, okay, I'm building towards this, I'm building towards this, I'm building towards this. You you maybe, you know, even conv- convince yourself you needed another six months to keep building. Right? Yeah. As dressage trainers, we're all about, you know, um, investing the time. You know, we buy young horses, we're always building, building, building. Well, I mean, it's okay if I'm not good at fourth level. I'll keep building, you know, and, you know, next year I'll come out of the pre-St. George and it'll be good and we're achieving all along. But when it comes that there's that, you know, final step, you know, maybe you just want to keep building, right? You just, you know, you want to yeah. show I2 again and, and get a little bit better score and just, you know, where, you know, you finally have to kind of step out of that and say, just do it. you know, I can finally achieve my goal. But I think that's that true. I mean, this medal. can... Yeah, this can be applied, you know, bronze medal, silver medal, gold medal. Everywhere. I mean, any, yeah, any goal. goal is, yeah, apply it to okay. wherever you are. Yeah, because, in three years, I want to be at yeah. fourth level. Well, you know, you can, you know, it, it's mostly about the journey, right? That's what we say. And we, we fall in love with the journey. And then all of a sudden, the goal is right there. Right. You got to just you have step to take out. It. And, and that's yeah. kind of my point to Hillary was, you know, we were literally the show. I, I like, I didn't see her test because my truck got stuck in the mud and I was being pulled out of with the tractor. <laughs> so I was like, Hillary, I can't come because I'm getting pulled out of the tractor. But I mean, it was such a small show. And that's like, I told her, I'm like, nobody's even going to know you came. If you don't, I'm not going to put anything on Facebook. Yeah. You're not going to put anything on Facebook. Just go and do it. Cause I saw her, I watched her lesson and I enjoyed, you know, seeing her training with Scott. And I was like, Hillary, you got to just go now. Don't go to global and do it in front of God and man. Just go to this little horse <laughs> show in Pennsylvania, which I don't even know where we were and just ride the test. Like go. And I, I also was the same. I had to take my young horse and it was a big thing. It was just on another note. You know, I said, Hillary, I'm going to the show. Cause my young horse needs some experience and he's got to go to some horse shows and, you know, these one day shows, we don't really have them in my area, but where Hillary is, they're, they're 
a lot of one day shows everywhere. You can show the middle like, of the week. You even, can go huh? Wednesday to a show and then Saturday Beautiful. to a show, Sunday to a different one. It's just Beautiful. like nonstop. It's great. And nobody, listen, everybody that's going to a Wednesday show is there for a reason. And they're either there yeah. to get their horse out. They're there to get, get a medal. They're there to get a regional score. <laughs> you know, I mean, a like, show. Yeah. yeah, it was a show on Wednesday. Like, I'm like, nobody even knows we're here. Like, this is great. Nobody even knows my but name. What's like, amazing, this is- too, that I think is a tangent is even when I won my class at Global, nobody cares. Right. Like, yeah, that's the thing. It's like you build it all up in your own head. Yeah, it's your own head. Yeah, and nobody sees the test. Nobody cares. Like, unless something horrible happens where you like horse takes off and like charges and kills the judge, like nobody, <laughs> nobody yeah. knows. I think that's right? I think that's things in in general, right? I mean, you 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 look around. You know, when you achieve something, uh, you know, you're first in class, whatever. You look around, and you know who's there. Nobody. Yeah. But when it goes You're bad, not. you know, you have this <laughs> moment and your horse yeah. is all of a sudden rearing and, and kicking out. You look around and you say, well, everybody's there. Everybody's here. But yeah. that's yeah. just, I think but that's just in your own head sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that was the thing. And that's what I told Hillary. I'm like, come on, come to this horse show. I'll be there. Like, I'm going, I'm taking my young horse who, you know, can't go in the mud. And it was so muddy. And like, he, I was so proud. He did like a cross country course to get down. I was in the other ring, which is essentially like through ditches and all kinds of things. I was, I was just happy. I got him to the ring with him being a <laughs> you silly were, boy. You were, we muddy. were there to watch, watch each other. And we didn't even see each other. We didn't even pass, see each other. Like, I know, yeah, because we were just two to separate spots, and there's just you know my truck got stuck, you know, just all kinds of stuff. But really, at the end of the day, you need—I don't know—I I just literally saw her, and I'm like, "Do it! What are you waiting for?" Because <laughs> yeah. here's the thing, you know, when you have the horse, you're really close to the goal, you forget, and and I'm having that reminder right now, not in a bad way. I mean, the U.S. Finals are going on at the horse park, ten minutes from my house, and I'm not showing, and the I've shown the last four years. And it's not, it, it, no reason other than, you know, my big horse didn't show this year and my youngster, um, you know, he just wasn't quite to the point where I was really wanting to spend the money to try. So I'm not there this year. And so I'm like, oh, like, it's kind I took, of almost, I took a, it, uh, almost a missed opportunity, right? Yeah. It, it, like I took it for you don't granted. want that, right? You don't want to look back right. and said, I should have done it. Right. Right. And yeah, I, I don't you never know how this. knock on wood down they'll be in a month and you think well good thing i spent all that time perfecting the right pirouette what i could have gotten (laughs) out and gotten my goal when the horse actually could like you know walk out of a stall sound yeah and that was my point point. yeah Yeah, that was my point with hillary it's like why would you not try like if you if you fail miserably which you won't because i saw her ride i'm like you can do the grand prix in the sleep like you're fine and and that's what i said i'm like nobody's gonna know and if it goes all the you know where like I mean, we'll have a beer in Florida and we'll laugh about it and it'll be fine. Like, I'm your friend. I don't care, but go do it. And so I think that's, that's sort of, you know, seize the moment. Carpe seize diem, the moment. Right? Oh, now yeah. I have seen people on the other note, and I'm sure you guys have too, that truly are out there and they shouldn't be there. So yeah. I do want to. A little ill prepared. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I well, literally. That's, I mean, that's, that's not a, you know, in our world, it seems like everybody's watching or whatever. And. But that's not usually such a big deal. You know, you hang your head a little bit and you go back and you work harder and, and you come go back hard. out. Yeah. That's all you can so, do. I mean, I, I really said to Hillary, like, you can do this. You can do this in your sleep. Like, the work is good. So you have to be you have to be ready for the level if, that, if I'm communicating that well. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. Get some but advice, that's right? That's why you went to see of, trainers, right? right? That's why you've got people yeah. to help you. But if right. they say go, go. validation. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why you have friends. I mean, you know, we truly, all three of us are friends outside of this program and we bounce each other ideas off each other all the time, not on the show. And that's why I was like, look, I'm your friend. Go. You can do this. Like it's, you're not going to make a sinker of yourself. So So let's hear part two. Let's hear part part two. two. Chapter two of three. Chapter two (laughs) of three. I love it. What's chapter two? So I went to another local show. And, um, I was like, again, I was like, Oh, it'll be just like the first show. Like it won't be anyone who's like that big of a deal. My competition won't be that bad or whatever. And then I come upon a Pew who's stallion Elfin perfect, like won the developing Grand Prix. And like everyone who's warming up with me is like, you know, ready for the freaking Olympics. And so I'm like, I got a great score the first show. And then this, 
I had this happen to my student who just got her bronze medal this year, and she had one score left. There should be some sort of like warning for everybody. Mm -hmm. So this is me doing the warning. When you have the last score of your medal, you are not going to get the score. (laughs) That's true. You are on the first go. That's true. Yes. You are going to invite all of your friends and family. You're going to get like a hundred dollar bottle of champagne. You're going to have, you're going to pay for a video. You're going to pay for photographers. And then you are going to put on your coat early, warm up for 45 minutes for no reason, go into the ring, forget how to pee off. And then you're going to get a 57%. So that's what happened to me the first day. And I was like, Hillary, this happened to me too. And I agree. So I, it happens to everybody. So I, I had a a wonderful opportunity when I was um, younger, much younger. I was in my early twenties and a friend of mine, Jennifer Conower um, offered me her older horse. His name is Ollie fascination. And this horse, there should be a a whole show done for him because he had so many people, their medals, but he had been, he had an injury and he had been turned out. Jennifer said, if you rehab him, you can, you can show him. He's done the full Grand Prix, Grand Prix horse. So I said, okay, great. So I was a young professional at the time. I was out on my own. So I was paying all my entries and, uh, same thing. I just like you, I went and I nailed the first Grand Prix. I mean, he was fantastic and I am not kidding you. I got four (laughs) 69.8, 69 point, sorry, 59.8, 59.9, it was so painful. And this went on all summer to the point where I just finally <laughs> cried one time at the horse show. I'm like, mom, I'm out of money. Like, I don't, I don't have any more money to show. Like I'm out, like this can't do it. And my mom was like, I'll pay for one last show. I, I will pay at this point. Cause she had been, my mom had come with me and I'd paying for everything. And I was, I think I was in grad school. Like I didn't have any money. And so finally my mom was like, I'll just, I'll pay for the last show. And I got it on the last show, but it took me all <laughs> summer to get, I mean, I did like eight shows and got like multiple 59.98s and you need the 60%. So it's true. It is very true. And, but I will tell you, I learned so much that summer. Yeah. I mean, if you don't them. struggle, it's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. It, and that's not- where I am so impressed by, I'm not comparing this, but the idea of someone like Charlotte Dujardin who goes in time after time, because at this point, you know, you can do it and then you just have to repeat it. I don't know how you could have that amount of pressure and not be pulling in like the way that I did where I was like, just overdoing it. Everything. I was exhausted by the time I went in the ring. My horse was exhausted because we were so intense. It was I mean, I was intense. He was just doing his job, but I was like, I have to warm up forever. Like everything that I knew to be true, it's like someone brainwashed me and was like, no, you should do every mistake that yeah, you, you ever forgot. Yeah. And make it the first show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, it, it's true. I call it the monkey on your back. You know, it's like you just yeah. need the monkey off your back and, and to get it. Once you get it, you're in great shape. So tell us about chapter three. Okay, so chapter three begins with me then that night having a nervous breakdown. I mean, not really, but I was like, all my fears have come true. The only reason I got a good score the first show is because the judge was like, you know, not looking at me. I really am inadequate. Like, you know, every sports psychology scenario, I was like negative talking myself into the point where I almost thought about scratching someday. And then I messaged two people. I messaged Reese and was like, I don't know what my problem is. I usually get a seven on my pee off and I couldn't even get a step of pee off. And then I talked to my trainer, Shannon, and she was like, you do not need to warm up so much. I don't know why you did that. You need to go <laughs> off on your own into like a section of the, um, the warm up ring and you need to just get your horse off your leg, which is also what Reese said. <laughs> so I went and did that. And I went and I warmed up my horse uh, for like 20 minutes in walk. And then I misjudged my time. Cause I was like, so stressed with all this stuff. I actually warmed him up for seven minutes. Probably fine. 
And then I went in and I did the test. Said if you do the pee off, you're going to get probably based on the mass of it. And then I went and did the pee off because my horse was like fresh off the leg and got a 65.9. Yeah. There you go. Boo, yeah. Good job. <laughs> I was so proud of you. I was so proud. Well, Hillary, it's such a good story, but it's it's really Quite true. a journey. Yeah. Thank you for sharing because literally everybody can apply this to any goal that you're doing. And you can see now, I mean, Hillary's telling you the missteps she made and it's right there and you can see it's so clear when you're not doing it. <laughs> it's much <laughs> harder when you're doing it. Yeah. And, um, you know, but now you have a gold medal and, and you're in 1% of USDF, I think has a gold medal. I mean, it's really, really small, maybe 10%, but it's a very small population of, of people that have a gold medal. So congratulations, my friend. Thank you very much. And the, the, the last, piece to this that I think is very interesting is then realizing kind of that spike and I'm in the plateau where like you guys said earlier then I hadn't had anyone with me so I was like standing alone at the scoreboard and like got my score and then was just like standing there (laughs) no idea what to do because I hadn't videotaped it I like didn't bring the champagne or whatever so but that's what you need to do, right? And it's sort of, yeah, that's sort of an interesting better. thing, right? It's like there's less pressure, but also it definitely has been an interesting end of the season because now it's spending the next couple of months even figuring out what my next goal is. Yeah, what's the next thing, right? Yeah. I've never I thought that's about hard. it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You so, got, you reached the goal. So to, to step back and. So now what? Yeah. Now what? So Hillary, now what? Well, that's the thing is I'm going to spend, I'm going to work on getting the Grand Prix better. And what is it? Carl Hester says you need seven years of it before you yeah. get like really confirmed. So seven years from now, I'll tell you guys what Six my next Well, that's always said. We, you know, we love the journey, right? And we love, you know, yeah. training and, and building and building and building. And, and maybe that's, you know, that's what it's all about rather than the moment where you're staring at the scoreboard. And, you know, yeah. That, yeah, that, that's very fleeting, isn't it? it you know, yeah, it's no like a day or two like, of, of you know, great job, pat on the back. I got the medal. Okay, now what? Now what? Yeah, and it, yeah. it reinforces the importance of the fact that we're in this really to do the training and the yeah. competition. I think as you go up the levels, almost becomes less and less important. Not yeah. important, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. the daily yeah, it's part just, I mean, of it it's, becomes more interesting. It's just confirmation of good work, but you got to go home and yeah. do more, even better more good, good work, work, right? Yeah. 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 Four shows yeah. Is, is a weekend or, you know, uh, a week or, or how, whatever it is. Okay. And then you got to, you got to love to go home and you got to love to improve it. And, and it's very humbling and it's, and a little bit demoralizing at time, but a, uh, a lot <laughs> yeah. but once in a while, but you know, it's peaks and valleys and, you know, you carry on and, and all, you know, we just do our best. I love it. Well, fantastic. Well, Hillary, if people have any questions or want to look you up, how can they find you online? They can either, um, my website needs to be updated and I will readily admit that, but they can always go to moredressage.com, like my maiden name, or they can just find me on Facebook at uh, Hillary Moore Hebert and, um, you know, send me a private message or you can always contact me through the website. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. And I can't wait to see you in Florida and we can kick each other's butts. It'll be great. Yes. (laughs) Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Well, Total Saddle Fit has the cinch that you've been looking for for your Western dressage saddle. The shoulder relief cinch actually changes the position and angle of the billets to prevent the saddle tree from interfering with the shoulder. The center of the cinch is set forward to sit in the horse's natural girth groove, while the sides of the cinch are cut back to meet the billets two inches behind where the horse's natural girth groove lies. This brings the latigos from angling forward to becoming perpendicular to the ground, which reduces the saddle's tendency to be pulled forward into the shoulders. With horses that have shoulder interference without angled billets, it simply moves the billets back to keep the saddle further away from the shoulders. The secondary benefit to this shape is the cutback at the elbows. This gives more room for elbow movement as well and prevents galls in the elbow area. You can find the shoulder relief cinch at totalsaddlefit.com. That's totalsaddlefit.com. 
Excited to have Jacques Ballou stay on the program with us for our Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week. Jacques, do you know about Total Saddle Fit Gers? I do. In fact, I have two of them in my regular rotation. I love them, and it's kind of a small world moment because I have a student visiting from Quebec, which is very far from where I live in California, <laughs> and she went to put the saddle on her lesson horse today, and she was like, oh, is this a total saddle fit girth? And I was like, no way, you have one too. So so they are universally loved apparently. And um, I love mine, yes. Fantastic. Well, we love them. And as always, um, Justin at totalsaddlefit.com is the person you want to talk to. Uh, and he's the one that can get you set up with the girths. And they really, really are fantastic girths. And Jack, Philip, and I use them every day. And they really make all our horses super happy. So uh, we're really glad you know the product. And uh, we're glad you stayed on with us for our Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week. And um, as everyone knows on the show, I'm slightly fangirling right now because I love your 101 dressage exercises for horses and riders um, and we are since it's no stirrup november ex- exercise 35 is work without stirrups can you tell us a little bit about this yeah so i mean everybody knows working without stirrups is is beneficial uh for a number of reasons but here's one of the top reasons i think it's beneficial so as the rider drops the stirrups Uh, they become more aware of what their back is doing. And I think especially for female riders, when we give a half halt, it's really easy for us to go wrong in two ways. We either kind of hunch over like the letter C or we kind of arch our backs and hollow out. Obviously, neither of those is desirable. You're trying to stay neutral. So when you ride without stirrups and you kind of move your legs around in various ways, it forces you to find that neutral spine. To do that, you have to fire up your abdominal wall, right? So as you're riding around without stirrups, you can uh, make a little bicycling motion with your legs or you can lift your knees up to the sky um, and notice what you do with your back when you make those motions with your legs. You know, did you tighten up and get hollow or did you kind of lurch forward over the withers? That's what I tend to do. Um, yeah. That's why one of the prime reasons it's so valuable, it keeps giving you instant feedback on how effectively you can or can't give a half halt. So that's, this is a simple way. Uh, this exercise is a simple way to, to work in your walk warm up every day uh, to make yourself a better rider. Yeah. And, you know, we were joking kind of off air, you know, you do have the, have to have the appropriate horse to pull your stirrups. You can't just pull it on every <laughs> horse. Like Philip yeah. rides a bunch of youngsters. Uh, I, I, also I was, ride yeah, I was just saying how they buck a little bit. So, yeah. I, you know, when you're not always sure what the reaction is going to be, uh, and I've got two horses I'm working on flying changes. I'm not going to pull my stirrups because, of, you know, <laughs> it's not safe. It would right. be great. But, yeah, on, on, the, on the other guys, I can pull the stirrups. It's not a, not a big deal, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, safety first for all of our listeners and, and yeah, everybody. Yeah, for November, November. Yeah. <laughs> but if you have the right horse, there's great exercises. And Jack has a whole chapter of um, exercises. But exercise 40 from the book uh, – Uh, rider position, pulling your knees up. This is one we thought we would talk about. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, this exercise, um, it's a little tricky to explain without the picture, but there's a good picture of it in the book. Again, you're trying to keep your spine vertically aligned and then you just draw your thighs up towards the sky only as far as they will go. It might be a tiny motion. Um, you you don't want to fall backwards on your, your tailbone. And you also don't want to try to pull your knees up so far that you fall forward on, on the front of your pubic bone. Um, but by doing this motion of lifting your thigh off the saddle, it causes your seat bones to drop a little bit more into the saddle. So riders, you know, can work on their symmetry and feeling both sides of their seat, but it also fires up your psoas muscle, which is so important for things like sitting the trot and having a stable leg position. And, um, some riders are not aware of how little they recruit their psoas when they're riding. I had a rider doing this exercise yesterday, actually, and she was, became painfully aware of her so <laughs> but at the same time she realized how important it was at the same time she's like oh this is why my horse always pulls me forward in the trot you know she's been trying to sit back 
Um, but she hasn't felt in her body how to accomplish that, you know, besides just telling herself, we'll sit back, we'll sit back. And then with this exercise, she was able to really feel where that stability would come from. And it was kind of, it was really neat. It was like one of those really simple exercises. That was a big teaching moment. Yeah. It was a light bulb moment. Yeah. Yes. We love that. I remember this a little bit, actually, when I was, when I was younger, when I was learning to ride and just like, it really helped me to, when I pulled my knees up, I could sort of separate what my pelvis was doing from what my back was doing, right? Because previous to that, you know, yes. if somebody said, you know, lean forward, get, tilt your pelvis a little bit back, then my whole body would just fall back. My legs would fall forward and it was a mess. I mean, I'm sure it was very yeah. frustrating yeah. for anybody who was trying to teach me. But oh. as soon as I sort of was able to bring my knees up, all of a sudden I could feel how I could rotate my pelvis without moving my, my shoulders back or forward at all. And, and it sort of, you know, you're just all about looking for these light bulb moments of, of how to identify your muscles, your bones, and which ones you want to be moving and which ones you don't want, which ones need to be stable and which ones need to move. And, and you know, can really help um, figure out how to, how, how to ride and how to actually sit in a, in a dressage saddle um, and, and make it work for you, right? Yeah, that separation of your body parts is like, yeah, that's exactly right. Well, we love it. Well, again, Jacques has an amazing book. It's one of my favorites, 101 Dressage Exercises. And if you want more exercises. a few other books too, Reese. Yeah, Yeah, I I know you love that one, but there's a few others. There's a few more, but she, in this book, there's a whole chapter on rider position. So there's even more that we can get into, but uh, Jack has been so amazing to stay on for our total saddle fit tip of the week. But again, no survey November. I hope people enjoy. And Jack, real quick, how can people find information about you and the books? They can find them on my website at jackbaloo.com. Fantastic. Well, we look forward to it and we can't wait to have you on another time. Thanks so much. Great talking to you. This tip was brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, the shoulder relief girth that Reese and Philip both love. And here's why. The saddle fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. TotalSaddleFit.com is proud to introduce the shoulder relief girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available. At TotalSaddleFit.com. Visit TotalSaddleFit.com. Well, Phil, as always, we, we love email and sh- Facebook shout-outs. They really make us happy. And we, like, pass them through the week. And we're like, oh, Phil, we got another one. So we love it. So please keep them coming. Uh, and we love it. And we, we will always find uh, an answer if we don't know the answer to your question. And as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook. Just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is on Facebook, or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show, and don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Hey, and before you guys say goodbye, I'm going to do something special after you say goodbye, so everybody has to stay on. I'm going to play one of the voicemail packages from last year's Radiothon to get everybody in the mood. Uh, cool. I love it. Well, everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and hold tight, because Glenn's got a surprise for you. The horse world need wait no longer. The 2015 Horse Radio Network Holiday Radiothon will start in less than two minutes. So let's go to Colleen from Weatherbeta for the call. 
This is Colleen from Weatherbeater. The hosts are saddled up, the prizes are ready, and the holiday voicemails are loaded in the gate. And they're off! It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Toys in every store. But the prettiest sight you'll see are the horses that will be out your own front door. A pair of Cavallo boots and a pony that scoots are the wish of Wendy and Glenn. Horses that rock and will go for a walk are the wish of Jamie and Jen. And Philip and Reese can hardly wait for showing to start again. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Everywhere you go, there's a tree in the Grand Hotel. One out fox hunting as well. The sturdy kind that doesn't mind the snow. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Soon the sleigh bells will start, and the thing that will make them ring is the carol that you sing right within your heart, right within your heart. Merry Christmas. HRN, HRN, HRN rocks. Radiothon is finally here. Dressage and jumping and endurance too. You'll never know who you'll be talking to. HRN, HRN, HRN rocks. We've all of our hosts and special guest spots. Ultimate horsey gifts is theme of this year. We're so glad you're here. It's a prize time. It's the sponsor's time to give their stuff away. And the grand prize at the end of the ride will keep you listening all darn day. So pick up the line, call your friends. We want to know what is your favorite gift. The laughs and memories are what we're here for. That's cause HRN rocks. HRN's holiday radiothon rocks. All of your shows in one long row. Driving and draft horse and horse husbands too. They're all here for you. It's the right time, it's a listener's time to sing their hearts away. Radiothon is the best, Glenn and Wendy don't rest. Someone better bring them coffee all day. So here we go, this is the show, Radiothon. Your hosts will be on all day. Good luck with the show, so people will know. How much HRN, how much HRN, how much HRN rocks! Hi everyone, this is Auditor Nicole Lutzma calling from Ontario, Canada, and I have a Christmas poem to share with you all. "'Twas the night before Christmas at Flyover Farm. Not a creature was stirring, all quiet in the barn. The licky things hung on each stall with care. From our dear Uncle Jimmy, Santa soon too would be there. Everyone's safe, the chickens snug in their roost, except for one Houdini, a Mustang named Zeus. Helena and Buck were cozy in bed, enjoying their first Christmas as newlyweds. When out in the field, there arose such a clatter. Glenn sprung from the bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window, he flew up ten feet, only to find Scooter throwing his ball and wanting a treat. The moon on the crest of the new-fallen snow came Reese doing tempies and pirouettes on hello. 
When what to my wandering eyes looked so vast, but a miniature slade pulled by eight giant drafts with a mighty fine driver and carol she'd sing. I knew in a moment it must be Doc Wendy Ying. More rapid than Pharaoh, Nyquist, or Chrome, she whistled and shouted and headed towards home. Now Nigel, now Brody, now Scooter and Thor. On Chili, on Dante, oh look, there's more. To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As I drew in my head and was turning around, the HRN host came down with a bound, and in our hung stocking we would hope to find KPP, Omega Alpha, and those awesome smooth strides. On this eve of Christmas, we'll be out feeding hay, and come in all muddy, much to our horse hubby's dismay. We'll be feeding and sweeping and mucking the stall to make sure our beloved horses are safe, one and all. Now one can't forget our dear Leslie Wiley, because without her, Mondays would be so much less smiley. As a child, she pleaded with only one Christmas dream. She finally got her pony princess, and oh, what a team. It's been a great year, HRN's going strong, awesome guests, lots of laughs, and the sheath-cleaning song. So while doing our chores or heading to work with a yawn, we'll be thankful to listen to this year's Radiothon. We are especially grateful for all of the hosts, and soon comes the grand prize one winner will boast. At the end of the twelfth hour, Glenn will say with delight, Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy Radiothon. Thank you.